Welcome to this episode of Phantom History. Before you dive in, I wanted to remind you that if you join as a Patreon supporter of the podcast, you will gain access to full interviews featured in this episode, along with some other unique content to thank you for your support. Enjoy. Neither of them wanted to move or even make a sound. They just stared into the dark corner of that very dark room, trying to take in what their mind couldn't quite comprehend. But eventually, one was able to break the silence and asked softly, Do you see that? Yes, was the whispered response. As the two investigators watched from their position seated on the stairway, they knew the only way out of the basement and into the safety of the Kentucky night was past those two glowing red eyes. It was an experience that shocked both of them, but perhaps it shouldn't have. After all, Bobby Mackey's music world in Wilder, Kentucky, is allegedly the most haunted honky-tonk in the country, with a legendary history that includes tales of murder, mob ties, and even satanic rituals. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. Today, Bobby Mackey's Music World in Northern Kentucky is a popular destination for country music fans who love drinking beer, dancing the two-step, and of course, socializing. On Friday and Saturday nights, the bar, owned by local music legend and establishment namesake Bobby Mackey, blasts country music of yesterday and a few current hits of today to keep cowboy boots moving across his dance floor. Bobby Mackey has owned his music world since 1978 and has continuously brought his favorite type of music to the rural area for more than 40 years. It's rustic. It's iconic. At first glance, it's a regular American establishment showcasing a brand of entertainment to the people of the country's heartland. Patrons, or at least the regulars, rarely glance up at the large sign that greets them at the front door telling them to be mindful of the building's sordid past and the urban legends surrounding its subterranean floors. The sign, positioned where every eye can see it, reads, Warning to our patrons. This establishment is purported to be haunted. Management is not responsible and cannot be held liable for any actions of any ghosts, spirits on this premises. Interestingly, That sign itself is the result of an alleged ghost attack that happened in the bar in 1993. Freelance journalist Asher Albin explains. But the story of the the sign on the outside of the Honky Tonk is a very good one. And uh, Bobby confirmed it for me. And the story is essentially that there was somebody who was drinking at the bar, not alcohol. Like he, Bobby said, he, he always came in and he just drank water. He just hung out there. And this guy's sort of hanging out at the bar and, and drinking water, goes to the goes to the gentleman's restroom, gets attacked by a ghost in there, comes out like really shaken and like really furious and basically tells Bobby Mackey that he just got attacked by a ghost and what is he what is he what's the big idea? Like having a place where a, where a man can go to the bathroom and get beaten up by a ghost. And Bobby Mackey's like, I don't that I'm sorry I don't know what happened I'm sorry and the guy ends up suing him like taking him to court you know for essentially like trying to hold him liable for this 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 ghostly attack that has allegedly occurred 
the judge throws the case out of court, tells him to take it up with a higher power, which is very funny. And then Bobby said that he talked to his he talked to his lawyer, and his lawyer was like, "We ought to just let's just make a sign, make a sign. Just you come in here, you acknowledge you know that this place is allegedly haunted." What happens to you is your responsibility. We don't accept any liability for it. Despite that very clear warning, investigative teams and paranormal researchers are commonly seen within and beneath Bobby Mackey's music world. Stephen Urcantello is a paranormal investigator who has been to the Honky Tonk on numerous occasions. And while he says the activity he has encountered is minimal, there is certainly something paranormal going on with the property. To better understand that paranormal energy, it's best to know the history of the land on which the property sits. While reporting on Bobby Mackey's, Osher did his research. It got a lot of different uses. It started out, at least comes into the historical record as sort of as a, as a slaughterhouse. When it was no longer a slaughterhouse, it was renovated into, even before Prohibition, it was sort of renovated into a kind of a speakeasy or a gin joint, maybe some gambling, maybe some prostitution. And then as time went on, the place went through a couple of different phases. So by 1925, it was uh, a distillery bar. And then at some point it got in the 1940s acquired by Buck Brady, um, who kind of tried to like class it up a little bit and called it the Primrose Club, stopped running it as like a distillery, gambling, prostitution joint, although who knows precisely what services were on offer. But it seems like he was he was running it as sort of like a slightly more kind of classy place. The, the story goes that he ended up getting kind of into it with the Cleveland Crime Syndicate. Like he was running it well enough that actually he was starting to cut into their rackets. And there was a little bit of a, of a contretemps between the uh, between the racketeers and this guy, Brady, where they send this guy out named Red Masterson to kind of convince him that it might be a good idea to sell out and move. Things get kind of out of hand. Brady basically shoots Red Masterson in the leg with a shotgun. And then Masterson refuses to name him in trial as his attacker. And so the whole thing gets thrown out. And then the uh, the racketeers basically tell Brady, it would be really smart if you went literally anywhere else. Brady decides to go literally somewhere else. The Primrose Club gets left to the mob. And then a few years later is sort of reopened as this even swankier nightclub with dancers and food, slots, gaming tables. Now it's called the Latin Quarter. And it's got a whole sort of Havana chic vibe to it you know there's there there are floor shows there are dancers the basement gets repurposed so now they're they're sort of like dressing rooms for the dancers there's a little stone cell which legend has it was used to throw people in who racked up enough of a debt that they might skip out on town basically a lot of the ghosts that are said to be in the building date from this period from like 1947 to 1961 when the latin quarter is running, you know, it's occasionally getting raided by cops. There's all of these different stories that are told about, you know, beautiful dancers and their forbidden loves and their criminal fathers. While the history of the property on which Bobby Mackey's Music World sits dates back to the 19th century, 
It's the mob era that seems to still occupy the building, at least in the spiritual sense. Stephen Ercantello, the paranormal investigator, wanted to find out if the story of Johanna, who was the alleged daughter of a mob boss who got pregnant by one of his employees and then identified the wrong man as the father of her child, was truly haunting the building, as so many have reported. When you're in the basement, you pass the well area a little bit. There's three dressing rooms. This is where the ladies used to change and then go up and do whatever they used to do, right? So I went into the first dressing room because Johanna was supposedly the daughter of one of the main owners of Mob Boss there, right? She got pregnant by one of the workers of her dad, who when the dad found out, she was, she, who is it? I want to know. I'm going to kill him because she was underage. She was like 16 or 17, right? Something like that. She lied and said it was somebody else. So her dad had this guy hung, right? Not not saying it was the real person because she didn't want the dad, the father of the baby to die. So when I put the noose around my neck at Mackey's, and you can see like behind me, there was the digital voice recorder and it stays in frame the whole time. I had the noose around my neck. I can't remember what I said because I'm more focused on not choking myself out with the noose. And I was like, uh, do you want me to die like you died or said something crazy, right? When I took the noose off my neck, we, uh, Brad at the time grabbed the recorder from behind me. The cameras did not come off. We put the recorder right down on his hand. You can hear what I'm saying. You hear somebody run up like on the recorder and go like scream into it. And I'm like, what was that? Nobody knew. Then there was something more interesting after I said a question about the hanging. It says you got the wrong person. Finding historic proof of Johanna has proven difficult. There are no newspaper clippings about her, nor is there any historical record of a hanging near the bar. However, according to a book called Perspectives in History, published by Phi Alpha Theta at Northern Kentucky University, Johanna Jewell may have been a performer at the club, and it's rumored that she took her own life and the life of her unborn baby when she ingested poison while in one of the lower floor's dressing rooms. Many reports seeing Johanna in the building, and Bobby Mackey himself even wrote a song titled after the alleged phantom. They say she leaves a lingering hint of rose perfume throughout the club whenever she makes an appearance, and some investigators say that they have heard sobbing in the lower dressing rooms, only to find that no one is there. While Johanna's legacy remains a mystery, one spirit, who some say was the catalyst of the paranormal activity at Bobby Mackey's, does appear on the historical record. That's the spirit of Pearl Bryan, who died a tragic death on or near the property long ago in the 1890s. Pearl Bryan, that poor woman in the latest 1800s who was murdered, possibly because she was trying to get an abortion. And murdered pretty gruesomely. Like the story is that they they killed her, tried to dismember her in order to hide the body, threw her head in the river. Or some stories also say that her head was thrown down the well. Stephen was drawn to investigate the well because of those stories surrounding Pearl, her head, and what possibly caused the demonic portal that some believe is that well in the basement beneath Bobby Mackey's music world. Those stories originated with a caretaker of Bobby Mackey's named Carl who shared his experience with Pearl. Stephen elaborates on Carl's experience and his own investigation. Carl, who he was a real person, he actually worked at Bobby Mackey's, lived upstairs in Bobby Mackey's, and he was just a caretaker of the place. 
He said that he heard this lady downstairs knocking on his door, guiding him to this well. Now, if you've never been to Bobby Mackey, you actually have to walk outside, go down this little hill to get down into that basement area. So it's not completely connected, but once you're in that basement area, you're under Mackey. So he supposedly went down there, started digging where this there's well now is, and that is what caused all the demon stuff. Did he find a head? No. But this is what caused it all. Like this is this is the, the demonic well, whatever reason he needed, no idea. Now, truth be told about the place, there's actually three wells in that place. And it was a distillery back when Pearl, Pearl was a real person. She actually did get her head chopped off. They found her body. The head cannot be found. Carl just got this, this, this vision to go dig there. And all of a sudden it opened up all these things. The truth about the place, and I pulled the blueprints on this. I, I did all this research that I have. And there was three wells in that area because it was a distillery. There's a river or whatever behind Bobby Mackey's. You can actually go through one of these tunnels. We went through the tunnels and you can keep going and going all the way into Mackey's up in the well. Now, when I went as far as I could and I went to go walk into the tunnel, it was flooded. It was too small. I could not get through the last tunnel these tunnels and these these things were made to actually pump water from the river into Mackey's, so nothing ever drained out. Understanding the crime that claimed Pearl's life helped Stephen and other paranormal investigators know what could be causing so many sightings and other strange encounters with the unknown. Pearl, according to historic records, was murdered by Scott Jackson, the father of her unborn child, and his roommate, Alonzo Walling. Investigators were unsure if the abortion was attempted, but there was evidence that Pearl ran from her attackers and that she was stabbed repeatedly with a dull knife, possibly a dentistry tool used by Jackson in school, and then she was decapitated. She was identified later by her shoes, which had unique markings. Jackson and Walling were both hanged for the murder, which was dubbed by journalists at the time as the crime of the century. Is the well underneath Bobby Mackey's music world really a gateway to hell, as it's been dubbed? Are the spirits of mob victims still wandering around the basement, trying to understand why their lives ended so suddenly? And is the ghost of Johanna, the daughter of the mob boss who poisoned herself rather than live with a controlling father, still crying in that basement dressing room? Stephen isn't sure, but he does know something lurks in that basement, because he has seen it with his own eyes. If you're facing the well to the left of you, there's a staircase that goes nowhere. It's called the staircase to nowhere. When in reality, it does go somewhere. It used to be back when the mob people owned it and alcohol was illegal. If cops came in, they would throw the barrels down there. So I'm sitting on the stairs. She's sitting wherever. We're looking at the entrance to coming into the well. And she's like, do you see that? And I was like, I do. I was like, this is crazy. Like all lights were off. Everything was off and you could see two red eyes just staring at us. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was creepy. I didn't want to move because it was the only way out was through those red eyes. She was getting scared and nervous, but then she started getting aggressive. After that, she's like, I'll never go back there again. Stephen has been back and plans to return many times in the future to continue his unusual and what some might call unorthodox paranormal investigations. He calls Bobby Mackey's music world his paranormal home because the staff there seems unbothered by his tactics. Osher hasn't been to the venue since he wrote a piece on the bar for the Bitter Southerner nearly eight years ago. However, that experience is something he still thinks about, and he says he does plan to return for the ambiance and the interesting characters of Bobby Mackey's music world. 
both of legend and of flesh and blood. Yeah, I do kind of want to go back. I would be I'd be curious to go back. It's a weird looking building. You know how there are some buildings that look like they were made for a purpose and they've been fulfilling that purpose? And there are other buildings that look like they've been a lot of things at a lot of different times and they've never been very good at being any of them. The, the music world feels the second way. Like it's not creepy exactly, but it's got that sort of a little bit shabby, like a little bit run down. And there's a sort of a sloping, shambling quality to it. Like the building sort of looms and slouches at the same time. It's very interesting. Phantom History is written, narrated, and produced by me, Steve Blanchard. If you want to hear more about the experiences Stephen and Osher had at Bobby Mackey's Music World, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter of Phantom History and gain access to full interviews and more bonus content on every episode of the podcast. You can do so at phantomhistory.com. Thank you to freelance writer Asher Albin. You can find on Twitter at Asher underscore Albin and paranormal investigator Stephen Urcantello for sharing their experiences at Bobby Mackey's Music World with me. Music for this episode was provided by Shane Ivers of Silverman Sound Studios. Please consider following Phantom History on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for extra explorations into the paranormal world around us. And please consider giving the podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. Thank you.